GM. This is Buna, and you're listening to the Schiller Curated Podcast. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Jubbis J, a natural-born storyteller and seeker of beauty who has spent a decade making art from the wild. We discussed the importance of treating collectors as regular people and always putting the art first. We discussed his journey into getting into NFTs and how it allows for autonomy over his art, which photography in the commercial world is hard to come by. Delving into the creative process, we discuss Jay's commitment to not using Photoshop in his editing process and the value this brings to both himself and his work. We also touch on the topic of AI-generated art and the importance of creating something truly inspiring and impactful. Jay is one of the most genuine souls I've ever met, and I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. As always, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Buna and guests may own NFTs discussed in this podcast. Uh, GM, Jay, how are you? GM, hello. Happy to be here, man. Dude, it is, uh, it's a pleasure, man. I, I can't believe it's taken us this long to do it, but I'm so happy we're here now. Um, hey, good things take time, man. That's good right. things take time. We're going we're gonna to roll with that. I like it. And uh, <laughs> now, like, I finally have exposure to your work with your recent edition. So, like, I'm super Thank you. Stoked on that. I think you, By the way, you yeah. snagged the last edition, but I thought I was the last edition and you ended up snagging like, like one minute left. You're close. I was close. <laughs> You're <man>. close. <laughs> it was at it was at forty nine and there was like thirty seconds left. That. And I was like, man, forty nine. Like, come on. So I had to get one. Yeah, dude. Well, I think it's also good make it an even search. I think I think it's also good that you own some of your own supply. It's like I think it's good to like have something to like give away or like to get more traction on the art. You know, like if you know I know um mm-hmm. there's a few people I've seen do that. So it's, I think it's good that you at least own some of your supply. I think it's important. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do too. I even like played around with the idea of just like minting one of ones for the provenance and then just pulsing them mm. and like not lifting them even like maybe even putting them on like my own contracts that aren't indexed at all to where like people don't even see them they're yeah. just hiding in a vault somewhere and i can you know i can release them at a certain time if i want but yeah dude <laughs> yeah. i think it's a good idea like i mean low-key that's the alpha i think because i i mean now it wasn't hidden, but I know I saw Tijo did that, like with his most recent piece that he posted, where he's like, "Hey, this one I meant it for me. Like, I don't plan on like putting this for sale in like yeah. three to five years." Um, I thought that was really cool. I hadn't seen that mm-hmm. done like publicly before, but I, like to me, that's a great strategy because it, um, especially if some people find it and recognize your work, because like you you have like a, I don't know, man. I I, I think when I see like. Like when I inter- like when I talk to photographers and I look at photographers, it's like it's really cool to see the ones that have like a really distinct color palette and really distinct kind of like style, not color palette, but just I don't know. I don't even know how to describe as a non artistic person. Thank you. Yeah. Like I don't know how to like say that. Yeah. No <laughs> color palettes, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Color palettes, perfect, man. I spend I spend an an uh, insane uh, like hospitable <laughs> amount of time um, on. <laughs> On my colors, I'm I'm like a, kind of a freak about it. Actually, I just I like I I, I studied art history in college, oh, no um, and I was like really into Renaissance, like the Renaissance era, just like fascinated me. Um, and yeah, I got a degree in that, and I I love the colors that they used. They were so like dark but very natural. Like mm. things weren't 
as they were in the world as much as that it was like how they made people feel at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big part of what I try to, I guess, capture in my own photography. And a lot of that, I actually just learned this recently, which is a, you know, shout out to the American education system that I got a degree in this and I did not know this, but I found out that a lot of the colors, a lot of the eyes and pigments that they use for their paint actually it exists like they become that color because everything was done in like dark rooms by candlelight so oh, no shit. you know if you think you're painting something you know a certain shade of green or blue or orange or whatever it's very very uh, sort of skewed in one direction usually in a very warm direction so all of the paintings from the renaissance come out very dark and very warm because people are trying to make them under candlelight you know um, which is just a really fascinating little tidbit of information. But I, uh, I I steal a lot of the greens and a lot of the blues from Renaissance era in my photos. I would say that that like the way you described it, like dark, but also capturing the light. It just like it, that the way you just described like the Renaissance color palette is like what. Yeah, I mean, I was like, dude, that is literally what I see. I'm like, that's so fucking great. Um, <laughs> I. Yeah, dude. And And I'll tell you, you. like, I'm a big, like, I didn't realize, you know, especially when I, so when I first came in here, like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I I honestly still don't, but like, I had no clue about like art or art history or like, you know, any of this. And, um, I was super inspired by Joey Miller when he was like, went down some of these like rabbit holes of like art history and it, it really got me curious. And I'm like, there's so much more to photography than like, I like ever had imagined like i you know i i deep down knew what a good photograph was and like knew the way it made me feel but like learning like how y'all do what you do is really insane and you know there's so much more (laughs) and also like when you think about it like it's so easy to capture motion like we hit record and we see a bunch of things but like to capture a moment still in time is like like a work in art Mm. work of art even without any editing in and of itself um and it gave me a whole new perspective. It like opened my eyes to like a whole new world. And so anything about I that's a really long winded way to say of like anything around art history. Like I really enjoy that. So thank you for bringing it up. I'm happy you got a degree. I'm really curious. It So based <laughs> on your age, I don't know how old you are, but like when you got that degree, what was like, was there support around like your family or was it constant? Like, like the, what the fuck are you doing with art history? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it was mostly that yeah so i'm i'm 28 okay. uh, i'm 28 and i probably got a degree and i was like yeah 21 or something like yeah, that yeah. um and yeah no it was it was mostly like uh what the fuck's an art history degree and who wants it uh, yeah. i was like me i want it and it truly i i never actually intended i mean i knew i wanted to be an artist um mm. but that's not even like why i got a degree in art history i got like I, I didn't want to go into the art history field. I didn't want to be a curator or a museum director or a historian or a professor, which is like the primary got it. jobs that you can have by getting an art history degree. I got an art history degree to make me a better artist. Um, Cause one thing that certainly wasn't going to make me a better artist was getting a degree in like art, like actual creation of art. Like, you know, the to get a degree in like a photography you know class or something like that that's just not even 
a thing. Like it doesn't, that they don't teach you anything. So I, uh, I went kind of the other direction and I wanted to learn about, um, yeah, like the history of art more than like how to make it. I felt like I was mm. pretty good at making it. I just needed the, you know, inspiration, knowledge, almost like theory more than practice, you know? Yeah, no, I can see that. And, and I think that, um, I mean, it's something that I've learned as well as like, like learning where things came from can it, it history, history, like rhymes, but it never repeats itself. You know, so it's like to understand the way the world mm-hmm. works or the way creativity works, you got to understand where it came from. Um, and I think it's like a, a yeah. perfect segue to also like kind of how I found the space was like when I first found, you know, NFTs where it's like, oh my God, people made this like $69 million sale. Like what the fuck is it? NFT? Like, well, all these, all these things. Uh, what's an NFT and why is everybody making so much money off right, of like it? how did a picture that i could save on my computer sell for 69 million dollars right like i was just perplexed like yeah. everyone who first hears about it like that sticker shock of like what the fuck is this but the way i built my conviction mm-hmm. was going back and following people who were like early builders of the internet like in web one where it's like you know some of chris yeah. dixon and sharam and like gary v and like some of these other people that like like literally lived through it, like made some good investments, made some bad investments, probably built through it. And like, I'm like, what are those people saying? You know, like, is this a thing? Like what, if they're not saying it's a thing, it's probably not a thing, but these people were all saying it's a thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, like that was right, how yeah. that all happened. It's a lot of smart people all, all on the same page, you know, dude, it's, I think that's been one of my favorite things is that like, there's just, a big surge of like really insanely smart people from all different backgrounds, like creative, like tech, you know, yeah. content wise, just, you know, finance, like it's just an incredible space. And so like, I got to ask, like, that was kind of my like on ramp or intro. Like, how did, like, how did you find your way here? Like, when did you come in here? Like, how did you find your way here? Like, what was like that, that moment that kind of sparked curiosity? Uh, so I actually, I think, I think a lot of people came in and the, people fail yeah. uh, a lot of people came in and people yeah. fail which I, I don't blame them i mean like you you see that happen and you're just like how do i get a piece of that you know um i really i so i got into it like late 2020 actually um i have a friend who is a very very talented photographer he's super good uh he's also a full stack developer for bitcoin oh. so he works on like bitcoin projects and stuff so He's, he's into crypto for, for sure um, and has been for years. And he's also a uh, like full-time photographer. So he kind of does both. Mm. And I'm friends with him through photography. Never really did anything with crypto. But um, he was telling me about NFTs in like, like m- maybe November of 2020. Uh, mm. Like November, December of 2020. Yeah. And so I, I kind of got interested in it around that time. I didn't mint anything i didn't like ivan head first i just like i like to do things with a lot of intention i like to do things with a lot of like a lot of thought a lot of reason behind it um i just say a lot and that you should have intention behind everything that you do and so i saw people getting into it and this was all just trading like pfps and stuff at that time but then kind of like the clubhouse thing happened and i was a big part of that and uh i just i saw people start to mint work or start to mint like digital art and then i saw a few photographers come in so like like uh like kath and 
Jay and Silva oh, and a few other people yeah, and like yeah. John. Uh, yeah, we're all like the first photographers to actually start putting stuff on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And I was around at the same time as all of them. So like pretty early. Um, I just like I held off on inting anything until I was certain that I wasn't just like slapping a JPEG yeah. on the Internet and asking people for money. <laughs> I wanted it to be something more meaningful than that, you know, mm-hmm. Um so I kind of sat back for a while and I ended up making my first mint in like uh, like April, I think, of 2021. So I kind of just like sat back and just watched, observed for a while. I did a little bit of tr- trading uh, before minting my mm-hmm. own work just to make sure I liked the whole, you know, ecosystem. But I felt like there was just so much to learn, you know, but I kind of got into it that way. And then after I started to just learn more and more about what NFTs were and how they could potentially impact the crew career of artists in the f- future that really um like solidified my interest in the space was the fact that we have autonomy over our own art for the first time mm. ever and that's just insane i mean i've been a full-time photographer for um almost 10 years almost a I was gonna decade ask. now and i've done commercial work for years and years and years and it sucks that like no matter how big you get in the commercial world, no matter what jobs you land, like if I do a shoot for, you know, the, the North Face or Patagonia or like whoop, whatever, you can make the most powerful art anyone's ever seen. But if it doesn't make that company money, you did a bad job. Mm. That sucks. That sucks to think about. It sucks to have all of your, you know, artistry and your creativity sort of funneled into a like, what suits this brand what suits this company what's going to make them money how do we push ad Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of frustrating you feel like a commodity um a a, a very like creative talented yeah number you know Mm -hmm. and it's it 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 gets kind of frustrating so nfts were this just thing that fascinated me with the idea that like we could be sort of sovereigns of our own our own art and our own creativity and if something was powerful and moving to you you could throw it out into the abyss and hope that it inspired or impacted somebody the same way that it did you instead of like you know modifying or manipulating every piece of artwork that you create to sort of suit the existing idea of somebody that you're working for you you're just mm. free to do whatever you want and i i think that's powerful what a liberate, yeah. I mean, you, there's about three times during that chat where like you gave me chills because it's like a, the the idea of being like self sovereign and like the <laughs> just the the whole floodgate like opening up. Like, I can I because I I can imagine you know going back to like what the fuck are you doing with an art history degree? Like you know, kind of like that's mm-hmm. kind of how people view creatives. Like it's like you better like enjoy being not comfortable, enjoy like you know being a starving artist for the rest of your life. And like, it's, it, it just, I think that's what struck me is very eloquently. What you just said is that like, you know, you're a really creative, talented number, um, in the eyes of like the, the, the main world. (laughs) Um, and like, that's what struck me. Cause I, and I started looking around and I was like, wow, everything that is around me is a piece of art. And like, I look at my chair, I look at some, a designer had to make this microphone, you know, someone did the graphics on the website. Someone like created like illustrated that book cover, like someone like, you know what I mean? Like there was just, I started having this epiphany where it's like, holy shit. Like I started the more stories I heard and like the more like bad stories I heard just to be quite frank, 
um, combined with that epiphany of like, wow, everything around me is art. That's, I think, what motivated me to do what I do. I'm like, these are some really fucking interesting people that have just like mm-hmm. continuously have not been able to create what they want for the longest period of time. Yeah, I would say I would say like maybe over like the four or like I guess five years that I was working uh, specifically for a few like big outdoor brands mm. that you would know. I won't name them, but uh, <laughs> like I got to do maybe maybe like three shoots where I pitched to them. You know what I mean? Mm. I had the idea. I had complete freedom, complete control, and they sort of were able to like approve an idea and I could go shoot whatever I wanted. And even then, the whatever you wanted was very limited because it was like, yes, you got to shoot whatever you wanted, but in even in your initial pitch, even all the way back to the idea you had, you were thinking about that brand. You know what I mean? I don't min- I don't take photos thinking about which collector in the NFT space I am hoping will like pick it up. That's insane. Yeah. Like that's like lunacy. That's like some some serial craziness, yeah. you know? And I, uh, but that's what you do for like professionally with commercial brands and like commercial photography and stuff like that. You know, you, from the inception of an idea, you are kind of, you know, mm. tilting everything towards a sale, towards a, a brand, towards an, an existing entity. I feel like NFTs just give you such, such power, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love, yeah, and I, but I'm, I'm happy that you said that because I think that even though it sounds like something crazy, I, I see, and I don't, like, I don't directly see it, but like, I'll see a tweet every once in a while, or I'll see an artist just like trying to create a piece of work for a certain collector, like just out of the blue, and it's like to me that just mm-hmm. seems like a really mm-hmm. tough way to like make a living. Like that doesn't, it almost sounds like you're like self-imposing yeah. Yeah. Web two values you know, in this culture where you don't have to fucking do it. You know what I mean? And actually, chances are you'll be far more rewarded by doing something that nobody's ever seen before more than, you know, something that you can be like confident is going to be a hit like that. That stuff. Usually people are tired of it. People want to see something new, you know? I mean, as a as a collector myself, like, yeah, it's like I I I realize that artists are charged with a really big responsibility of telling stories. And um, it's but it's like I don't want to see the same thing over and over and over. Like I like I want to see something original, like like what you mentioned earlier, like you can. And I think from my perspective is that like to me, it goes back to your earlier point of like how much thought and intention was put behind this. I think that to me is like one of the biggest like. I hate to say checkbox, but like, I'm just going to use it for all just for lack of a better term. Yeah, sure. Like, (laughs) you know, like that to me is like, okay, was you can, as a human, we can naturally tell what was cranked out and what was like, like you can tell this took some time to, to create, um, or the idea or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. And now we don't always catch it. We don't always see it, you know, but I think humans intuitively, we're a lot smarter. We have a stronger intuition than we lead on to believe. Um, it's just that most people don't follow it, but mm-hmm. everyone can, everyone can tell, you know, um, whether they're too afraid to say it or whether yeah. they, you know, I think so. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think so. That's actually a really big, like, that's like a, like a driving, a consistent driving force in, um, like why I, I shoot what I shoot. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm a outdoors guy. I like to climb and hike and, mm. and, you know, do 
mountaineering stuff in general, but a big part of why I did that for my art and and it just, you know, climb and and hike and stuff on the side or as a hobby and then make my art something else. The reason I was sort of drawn to both at this at the same time, the sort of like blend of mountaineering mm. and photography. It's uh it's this genre called adventure photography and it was because i was so incredibly bored with outdoor <laughs> photography which is the first thing that i got into you know i was out trying to shoot pictures of like pretty stuff and i just i got it was just so incredibly dull i felt like there was nothing i could do that hadn't already been done mm. hundreds or thousands of times and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what your take on a thing that's been shot a million times is it will never be like truly special. Not in my, in my opinion. And I know I step on toes every single time I talk about this, but I just like, I think outdoor photographers oftentimes use the beauty and the power that nature gives us as a crutch. Like mm. you don't have to put in that much work because it's all just there. You just park at the parking lot and like walk to the little overlook and press a button and it's beautiful yeah. not really because of too much that you did you put yourself there but like right. it's just it's pretty it's you know it's, it's like it's like impossible to take something that's not pretty and i i get it it's gorgeous i love being able to share the outside world with with people and capture it and like or it but to me art is something more uh, at least for yeah. my art it's something like bigger than that it's something bigger than than just like recording the outside world. Cause at that point, like, are you an artist or are you a recorder? You're just there to show people what the place looked like after you drove there or like walked mm. up the trail or whatever. That's okay. But if I take a picture of a place that you can type into Google and see 10,000 other images of it, like I'm just inherently going to care much less about that shot, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's like a big reason why i choose to shoot what i do is because it's like it requires generally so much effort to even reach the place to see the scene or it has to have some some factor of like wildlife or weather phenomenon that can't be recreated um or else i'm just not i'm not happy with the shot i'm bored you know Mm. i like yeah but it also ties into and i'll ask the questions like you know have you like it ties into your like enjoyment of like mountaineering and like just going and hiking uh, like in, mm. in the wildlife. So I think, I think it's really a really cool like blend it. Like it makes complete sense where it's, you know, you were bored of like condition, you know, you know, traditional shots that have been taken a million times. So you just chose like, oh, I'm going to go fucking like hike a mountain, <laughs> um, you know, and, and <laughs> like I say that super simply when you break everything down simply, that's, you know, yeah, no, no, I get you know, it. <laughs> uh, kind of like basketball is just like people throwing a ball, like a round ball in a net, you know, it's just, but we love it. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Easy peasy. Did you, so did you like grow up around the mountains? Do you, did, were you always kind of like a, like was what, I guess the better question is, was your like, did you start climbing and hiking mountains as a result of the, like wanting to do something different or was mm-hmm. it, or were you always doing something like that? That is a great question. Very on brand for you. Um, <laughs> so, like, yes and no. So, I'm I'm from Florida originally. Oh. So, being outdoorsy in Florida means getting drunk and going to the beach. So, 
not as much like I, I didn't grow up doing things like that. Um, however, my parents took us on like this one big trip in an RV once where we kind of like went around the country and we saw mm. just a whole bunch of things. I was like maybe 11 or 12 or something at the time. But man, it stuck with me forever. And I just, uh, I kind of craved that again. I liked the cold. I liked the snow. I liked the mountains. I liked all that stuff. And then we went back to Florida and it's like you need a scuba suit to go outside. <laughs> you know, it's so humid and hot and gross. And I just... I like longed for the outdoors again, you know? Yeah. And um, it probably wasn't until I was like, I would say like 18, mm. 18 or so. Uh, I went on this big trip, this big backpacking trip. I basically uh, sort of swindled a scholarship fund out of some cash and went to Europe. Um, and <laughs> I uh, didn't use it for books. <laughs> I didn't use it for books like they asked me to, but um, I went to Europe instead. <laughs> so fucking go, man. Um, I I kind of like backpacked around, and uh, just that was really my start of it. So I would I would say like I was always kind of into photography, really, really simply. Mm. Just like I loved to, to to capture moments. I loved to be at a at a at a party or a, or a high school thing, and like just bring a little camera and take pictures and everything. So I was always like into the idea of it but mm. i was not into like real photography um until i went on this trip and got to see these amazing things so i would say that like the the outdoors the being just like bewildered by the beauty of the world came first mm. um and then when i got home from that trip i had so many things that i wanted people to see i had so many things that i wanted to share i had been to these places that I felt like had fundamentally changed me as a person inside. I feel like there were these things that were like healed and awakened and changed inside of me just by visiting these places and seeing them and climbing to the top of, at that time, I'm sure a very small mm. mountain. And, you know, I would get to the top and I was like, ah, like I did it. And I wanted to share that. There was so much emotion yeah. involved with all of those things, all of those trees out in the wild and to eat there's so much that goes wrong when you when you okay. travel and you know climb and i can hike imagine like that and so yeah. like so many emotions that happen when you're out there in the world that i just longed for a way to share that because I, I came home and i was like i wanted to tell my girlfriend and my grandmother and my parents and whatever and i was like i have nothing like I can tell you that I stood on top of the mountain, but you, you can't feel that. You can't mm -hmm. imagine that. So um, I went to a thrift store and I bought an old film camera and I uh, just started taking pictures wow. of everything, everything that made me feel something. Um, I started to try and try and capture not really the place, but more the feeling. Um, and so that's like a big thing that I've done in my, in my photography mm -hmm. where like, I don't care as much what the place looked like. I care a lot more about how it made me feel, you know, like, yeah. so I really want you, I want you to feel the way that I felt when I was there. Cause I can't share with you the place really. Mm. Right. Like I get one little frame mm. and there's changing colors and there's animals and there's birds in the Valley and you just hiked for 12 hours and you know, you climbed and you almost slipped and died. And like, there's like, there's like so much that goes into reaching these places 
that I can't just take a picture of it and be like, look how incredible this place is. Right. Like, who cares? Like, like and, and so, and what matters to you? And it's not really relatable, right? Like, that's not really relatable because if I show that picture to a person who hasn't climbed a mountain or hasn't climbed that exact mountain, like, how are they going to see it and and care, right? Like, like I like you have to care about art, and and you can't care about that thing if it's not relatable to you. But what is relatable is an ocean. What's relatable is joy, victory, defeat, like loneliness, all of these other aspects that you feel while you're out there in the wild where the place really becomes the least important part of the shot and the emotion is sort of pulled to the forefront, if that makes sense. That makes, no, 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 it, it, like, it makes complete sense. And because it's not about what people say, it's how they say it. Like, everything is a big, everything is a story. Like, you know, every day on Twitter, we read a million stories. Like, what we're documenting here is a story. A movie is a story. A mm. book is a story. A newspaper article is a fucking story. Like what we like, all of our adventures are like the the. We always focus on any kind of like crazy cra- crazy travel story. Like I almost slipped and died in the moment. That's like a big fucking deal. Like you did almost slip and die, but that's the one thing that you choose to pull out mm-hmm. of that story to share with people because it was so memorable. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, it's really cool to hear you say that, and it's really powerful because, like. Yeah, you're right. Like I haven't gone adventuring and like climbed all these fucking crazy places that you probably have. Um, and like nor like and just knowing my own self, I probably won't ever. <laughs> so it, it's it's really right. It's really right. cool to like it goes back to your earlier point of like putting a lot of thought and putting a lot of emotion into like intention into like everything that you do. Because people like humans naturally mm-hmm. want to feel things. And I think that's the biggest point in art is to feel something. Like, how can we find more creative ways for, mm. like, people to feel what I'm supposed to be feeling? Um, and I'll tell you that as a collector, you know, like, I collect mainly, you know, editions and a few one-of-ones. And, like, you know, it, it's, that's, like, what I mainly focus on is that, like, w- the way I like to collect is, like, I like to, number one, collect a piece of that artist's soul because I can tell there was so much vulnerability put into it. But I also like to selfishly mm. tell my own story. You know, like through a few bodies of work that may have had nothing to do with each other with these individual artists, but when you put them together, like it tells a much larger story right. of my own self. You know, and so I love that. I love that you said that because, again, like, like at the end of the day, you don't care that it was a mountain. You don't no. care that it was digital art. You don't care that it was like you don't care like from where this came from you care about how it makes you feel yep so the the, out, the outdoors cannot become a crutch where you just take a picture of a naturally pretty mountain and you show it to somebody and hope that it impacts them they cannot relate to it they've yep. never seen it and frankly they probably don't care about that mountain and never will nearly as much as you do if right. at all and so what you have to make them care about is how it felt to be there because you can connect with that, mm. you know, and that's awesome that you said that and that you look for that. Cause that's, that's everything that I hope to achieve as an artist is like to make, is to make people feel something, make something that matters. You know what I mean? I don't want to just, you know, travel around and snap pictures and be like, look how pretty this place was. I went like, who cares? Like we have Google. Right. I, I, I can type mountain into Pinterest and find probably better shots than any of, you know, me or any of my peers but like 
are they pretty or do they make you cry? Like, what's mm-hmm. the difference? And like, you know what I yeah. mean? So I'm like constantly trying to find that difference and separate my work that way. Well, I think it's incredibly important. And in in as the more digital we get, you know, it's like, it's really important to like, remember like what makes us human. And I think that like that, cause I, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan. Like I've always been a nerd for technology. I love everything about it. I just think it's so mm. fascinating. I always have been. Um, but in this more increasingly digital world, like I ended up buying a record player, like and getting some vinyls and like getting, <laughs> you know, very like physical, love that. like experiential things. I, I'll tell you, I bought the whole record player in an entire sound system because Tool released an album on vinyl. Like, and I'm like, well, looks like I got to buy a whole sound system for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah. That's so great. I can't imagine what like a 15 minute long Tool song sounds like coming through a record player. That's probably dope. It's, you know, and they, I think you, you probably know this, but they have one. Um, that is 16 minutes and like 30 seconds or something like that. And it's literally one song. Classic. Love it. On one vinyl. <laughs> and it's like, you guys are fucking insane. Oh my God. Insane. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I talk about art, man. I Tools crazy. That's, that's like, I feel like I've always, and I'll tell you, like, I feel like I've, I mean, this will be about tool, but it also ties into like what we're talking about is like, their music consistently makes me feel something no matter what type of mood I'm in. Mm. I can always find something different in every single bit of every single song they make that can solve a problem for me in that moment or make me like forget about something or reminisce Mm. or like get amped up to go do something or whatever. There's always, there's always something new I can take from it. And I think that's really important is that, what I've noticed as an observation from like the way you create and like consistently trying to separate yourself is that like you're trying to make something that will be impactful five to 10 years from now. Like when someone, someone will still want to have this and they'll still want to look back at it and they can see why they bought it. And then they can also, I'm a big fan of going back of like rereading certain books or rereading certain articles or rereading, you know, listening to certain songs and like, what does this make me feel today? And what did I, what did I pick up today that I didn't notice 10 years ago? You know, um, it's one of my favorite Mm. things to do. And I think it's a timeless nature, which the blockchain, you know, hopefully it, hopefully we're not all going to zero. Um, But, (laughs) you know, so long as this like revolutionary technology that exists, this will be a timeless piece recorded on chain, like for people to go look back at. And I think it's a really cool, I don't know, man, something Mm -hmm. about that. I'm rambling, but something about that just like really fascinates me. Um, and I think it's one of the biggest appeals is making art that lasts that people want to continue to like look at over the years and in years to come, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that it's important right now to sort of identify who agrees with that sentiment and mm. make sure that those people get sort of like listened to and elevated and, and, and supported in that belief because nfts i think for for many many people right now are sort of just like a it's a it's a good you know it's a good way to spend my time or it's a good source of income where i can make a lot of money this way or it seems easier than commercial work or something like that none of which 
last. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. if you're here because there's, you know, it it might pump and some collector might tie your work and then you can fuck off and go back and shoot weddings or like whatever you were doing before. I uh I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's going to last. You know, I don't think that like our our ecosystem here has to be built around people who care about mm. not just the money they can make here, but the tech and the future of it. The fact that I'm not putting things on the blockchain to sit for a few weeks and if nobody buys it, I'll just burn it and you know move on. Like I, I, you know, I'm I'm here so people will be able to not only collect but see, experience, and enjoy my work in an untouchable digital display case of sorts for the rest of the time. I mean, that's insane. Mm. It's an insane opportunity. You know, I've sold big, big prints to big, big people around the world at certain times in my career. And I don't know where they are now. I don't know what those prints are doing. I don't know if they're in a storage shed or, mm. uh, you know, up in the wall of an mansion or got thrown out in the divorce you know what i mean i have no clue like where my art is in the world right now and uh nfts change all of that they it's so identifiable you know how people connect with your art and what they're like what links they're willing to go to to sort of preserve protect and experience it which is awesome i you bring up a you bring up a couple great points and something there's a couple things i grabbed from that is that because you know, it sounds like in the beginning party story before, let's just call it pre-NFTs or pre-blockchain, um, <laughs> is that you were primarily hustling for impressions and views and then also commercial gigs, um, you know, to make. Mm-hmm. And probably I'm sure there's a few additional ways to make sustainable incomes as as a photographer. But it, it here it switched from like more of a commercial aspect to a fine art, you know, uh, like collector and artist kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting like watching this happen like in real time on the internet like to me it's just like the opportunity to bond with an artist is absolutely insane so i'd like to like go into a little bit like how do you number one how have you built like a collector base like how do you approach you know like uh collectors like how do you like what's kind of like your give and take with that because i feel like artists and collectors have two very different mindsets and so like it's wild to see Mm -hmm like how they kind of shape each other, if that makes sense. Hmm. I would say rule number one, don't be fucking weird. Like tr- these people are people, they're human beings. They like mm. so mm. many people seem to sort of like idolize these people because they have so much money or they have the potential to sort of change your life, change your life as if money can do that you know at the drop of a hat and they they get sort of put on a pedestal and 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 treated weirdly i wouldn't say badly but weirdly Mm. and i have never understood that dynamic um i've you know yeah i don't know i i i I feel like collectors often get treated like piggy banks and they're just Mm. sort of you know assholes for the future ETH of artists and that uh, just makes no sense to me. Like, you know, I feel like connecting with collectors is pretty simple. It's as simple as just like connecting with a any other person, any other human. And in fact, it'll probably go much more smoothly f- for you if you 
don't try and create some collector artist dynamic as much as you just learn from that person be inspired by that person and hope to inspire them in return you know Mm. um i have a lot of collectors who i just adore as friends and they're they're fantastic and i want to be in their lives because they're because they're fun and they're charismatic and they're interesting and they're creative and they're funny and you know the part where they have a ton of money is like so far down on that list that i you know (laughs) i don't even see it you know And, and and i feel like approaching people that way is the best way to treat collectors is like you treat everybody else you know um Mm. when the opportunity arises to make a sale or to or to have that that conversation or to or to be in that dynamic between a collector and an artist um just put the art first like don't don't try to you know convince them of anything you don't Mm. have to feel like you're you know strong arming them into why you're worth investing in it's not an investment it's an art piece like all art is art is an expression of the human experience all my art is just me so i mean if i'm trying to sell my art then all i'm trying to sell is me and the best way to sell yourself is just to be you just be genuine act Mm -hmm. normal act natural you know Uh, act act so natural that it isn't an act anymore you're not trying to do anything so i would say that from a one in nfts i haven't been like trying to sell my nfts i've been trying to show people my art i want people to see it i want it to impact people i want it to mean something to somebody that's why like the numbers thing hasn't been a a big driving factor like if somebody buys you know a crown for me at 0.09 eth or somebody buys like you know a, a big one of one for 10 or 15 or something like that the pride that i feel that somebody opened up their digital wallet and wanted to put my art in it in exchange for their hard-earned ETH. It's like this beautiful exchange of energy in a way, because like a collector has put an enormous amount of time and energy and thought and love and stress and maybe not as much blood, but probably definitely sweat and tears (laughs) into into trading and into yeah, yeah. into acquiring this ETH. You know, there's an enormous amount of effort and energy yeah. required to to gain this ETH. Not everybody here just like bought a hundred dollars of ETH in like, you know, 1992 and is now just rich. Like most of these people worked their ass off to get the amount of ETH they have. I worked my ass off to be a like it, I don't know, like yeah. climb mountains and 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 there's blood along with the sweat and tears, right? <laughs> glaciers and yeah, there's a lot of blood, man. Uh, mostly on my ankles, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So I feel like it's just a beautiful exchange of energy more than mm-hmm. anything. I've put an enormous amount of energy into my art. They've put an enormous amount of energy into gaining that ETH, and the fact that they're willing to exchange that. I'm just thrilled by, you know, so yeah. Sorry. That was like a bit of a tangent, but I, yeah, never forget the number one rule. Don't be fucking weird to collectors. They're just people. I think that's, you know, yeah, no, I'm number one. I'm glad you went off on a tangent because 
it, it's a really beautiful like when you, when you look at any transaction like in that you would not granted not all transactions are going to be of this nature of this high caliber of like your both parties will have this understanding but i think it's a really good mm-hmm. barometer to like look at when making a purchase of like you know when you're exchanging goods for some especially for an individual's work i love the way you put that I won't butcher it. I'm just going to say I loved the way you put that because it was <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah, it may. Yeah, I'm not going to butcher that at all. Um, you know, now I want to pivot a little bit. Something that like I've always admired about your work is that um, it's unique. Not that people that like I love people that work with Photoshop. Like I collect a lot of art from people that use Photoshop. Mm-hmm. I do like that you kind of like your style is not using that. And I'd love to know like why you made that choice or like how you like, yeah, like why you made that choice. Cause it's not something I see a whole lot, you know? And I think it's really cool that you get the result of like what you do without mm-hmm. Photoshop. Pretty impressive. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, that's, you know, y- yet again, you <laughs> brought up a question that is like really important to me. I, that's a big deal to me. And I, for the record, before anybody attacks me after they listen to this podcast, <laughs> I love composite photography. Right. It's awesome. Right. I I support it fully. It's incredible. Those people are artists. They are photographers. They're photographers as much as I'm a photographer. I blah 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 blah. All yeah. all, all of that being said, I do not composite my work ever. Um, and to be honest, the reason behind it is because. I think compositing can lead to me being a little bit bored mm. again. I, I think I said that earlier that I was bored with the outside, like with, with the, with the places I had seen in the world. So I decided to go climb to the places I hadn't seen. Mm. I feel like composite photography to me sort of takes away from that victorious feeling where everything in the natural world comes together and like presents this m- moment to Mm. you and you just have to you have to be there you have to put yourself in that place you have to have you have to have the skill to capture it if or when it happens and other than that you just have to be present now being present might mean a 14 hour climb up a glacier that might be what it what it takes to put yourself in that position but if you can get there and everything comes together that is a shot that cannot be recreated I'm really, really mm. big on whether or not my images can be taken by another person. It's a big part of my work. It's a big part yeah. of my pricing. It's a big part of just everything that I do with my shots. Like if I go travel to Yosemite, the chances that I could take a truly, a truly like stunningly, shockingly unique image from Yosemite is so fucking low that it is not worth the plane ticket to go there. Mm. Millions and millions of people take photos of Yosemite every year, every year. And they're good. They're not bad photographers. They travel all over. They hike every peak. They hike every trail. Mm. They stop at every trailhead and they take great pictures. That place has been photographed so much that for me, it's like, uh, I don't see as much of, value in creating art there because like it's just been done so much and composite photography to me is very i don't want to sound like bad when i say like recreatable but in a way that's how it feels to me Mm. right like you don't need the conditions to be right 
You don't need all the moments to align. You didn't need to be there at the right place at the right time in the perfect moment with your finger on the button with all your settings perfect to get that one crispy clean shot that all came together at the right time, X, Y, and Z. Um, you just had to be there enough or over and over again to where you got little snippets of, of goodness and then you put them all together and you make this incredible piece. And I think the art is really, really cool. But just for my work personally, I feel like it takes away from sort of the victorious, humbling feeling that I get when those moments are presented mm. to me in the natural world because they're very uncommon. I take maybe maybe two to 300,000 photos a year mm. and I might professionally release like 10. Oh, wow. Like maybe five to 10. Um, and I've done that for years. That's not since NFTs. NFTs. Yeah. I've always worked that way just because those moments are so uncommon but man the joy the the overwhelming humbling feeling you get when you create a shot like that when you can capture a shot like that is just like it's insane you know so i would say that my lack of photoshopped use or composite use it's 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 not something i have against composite work it's more of like a personal thing where i feel like when i'm able to get a shot that's truly stunning i know that it happened and th th there's there's so little chance that any other human in this world could ever go to that spot and have the same thing happen to them and get a picture of it so i feel like it makes my photos pretty rare and i like that a lot you know what i mean mm. um like just like a good example um there's this glacier in alaska that i climbed like over and over again trying to get a good shot of it and this one time I went there was so overwhelmingly wild. Um, that shot is of this coat. It's called King. It became like one of my very, very first NFTs that I ever minted, ever sold. Um, and it's like one of my, I mean, if I had a famous shot, it's probably that one. Yeah. And I'm looking at that one right you now. Can't, <laughs> <laughs> you can't even find pictures of that place in those conditions on the internet. Like, like, it's hard to even find pictures of the place that I was in general, much less at a sunrise, much less with a goat that was 10 feet away from you. Like, mm. and that, that just, it just happened. I didn't, you know, I didn't force that. I didn't impose my, my will. I don't have a goat call. It just yeah. came, you know, and that it's just, it's just absolutely inexplainable feeling when, when everything comes together that I feel like, just for me personally, is far more rewarding than piecing together a dream I had in Photoshop. Um, even though I see other artists do it and it's phenomenal, it's yeah. incredible, I uh, I don't get that same kind of satisfaction out of it. Dude, I know you bring up a great point, and I think it's something that, you know, especially in this weird digital age that we're living in, it's like people have forgotten that, like, it's, it's okay to, like, not do something because it's your own personal belief and it not offending yeah. other people so i'm really yeah glad that you say things like that and i really appreciate that because it needs to be done more often um and <laughs> it's not that things people are doing are wrong it's just that it doesn't suit you know like yeah. what you want to do like it just like, yeah. if you don't want to fucking do something like we spent too much time working jobs we didn't like you know, it's just like, we don't want to do that. It's true. Right. Like we, <laughs> it's true. But we yeah. did it anyway. Right. Um, and, and, yes. and again, nothing against 
people that want to only work a regular job for their entire life or like move up a traditional like management path. There's actually nothing wrong with it. But I remember with me, mm-hmm. it's just not, I just couldn't vibe with it. Just couldn't fucking yeah. vibe with it. Yeah. Um, and, and I know I'm very aware of the fact that if I can take the kind of shots that I take without compositing, like what could I create if I did, what could I create mm-hmm. if I put a perfectly placed sunset, Milky Way, sunrise, Alpine glow, go bird, river, whatever. I mean, if I could, if I could pick and choose things to make the perfect scene, um, I'm sure, I'm sure it, it would be good, but I wouldn't feel good about it. Mm. Um, so I just don't, I don't do it. It's like what you said. I just, yeah, it's, it's for me, you know, I, I, I don't Photoshop because I, it, makes me feel bad yeah do, yeah like why do things that make you in, like intentionally do things to make you feel bad because yeah. it's what someone else wants to do yeah. like i mean like li- and people just assume at this point which is kind of crazy to me i've i've i'm becoming especially in web3 i'm becoming more and more vocal about not using photoshop because i didn't realize how many people just assume that everything's a composite because there's so much composite photography out mm-hmm. there in general, but especially in Web three, I think that the the composite photographers were, I think, naturally sort of drawn to NFTs because they're sort of into the tech and yeah. into the like, you know what I mean? I feel like that was sort of the demographic of photographer in general who was drawn to NFTs. Um, but so there's a lot of composite photography out there, and it's at this point where like I didn't even really I've had collectors buy art from me, like purchase it, collect it, love it, put it in their vault. And like months later, we're like, this isn't a composite. I'm like, bro, no, like n- none of my work is a composite. And they're like, that's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And they're like, I love it even more now. Yeah. I- I've-, I've had this happen like several times, which is crazy to me. So I'm, I'm definitely becoming more vocal about the fact that I don't use Photoshop because I didn't realize how unusual it was. Mm. You know, like I sort of worked in like a little commercial bubble where i did my work and i you know went home and now like that i'm getting into this sort of like art web3 world um maybe it's because so many people here are so like tech inclined but everyone just assumes that it's composite so i i find it hard to post images now where people don't just automatically think they're like oh sick like it's cool that you added the leaf i'm like i didn't add the leaf i swam back and forth for four fucking hours to get that leaf in the right spot like i didn't have the leaf but like the leaf was there i promise i love that man i i i really you know that's fucking awesome and i I, but i think you should be people should i i I love that you're championing your own self and like talking about what you do more and what your creative process is because i i'll be you know like especially with photography, there's so much that like, whether it's composite, whether it's non-composite, whether it's just color grading, whether, whatever the case may be, there's so much that like goes into it and people should be like Mm -hmm. fucking proud of like how they create an image. Like I, I, like regardless of how you create, like, like be fucking proud of it. Um, yeah. And hundred percent. I, and I love that you do that. And one thing that as I was browsing your site, like as you were talking about some of these photos that you were mentioning, like correct me if I'm wrong, but I, it, it might be the wrong terminology, but I always notice there's like a really strong focal point in some of your images around like they're always being like a, it's like a really big image, 
but then you look a little farther and there's like a duck right there there's like one single duck <laughs> or like one duck like one, you know or like you, you know uh one person or like one little canoe or i don't know what that thing is but like there's yeah, always yeah, like yeah. a foot there always seems like there's like this like centerpiece sometimes not always center but like the mm-hmm. for all intents and we'll call it a centerpiece like that kind of like the whole image wraps around you know mm. like that's is that do you like intentionally do that is that like part of the the process because like that's something that stuck out to me even last night mm. yes a hundred percent i feel like it it's it can sometimes be a decision i make but other times it sort of presents okay. itself um usually in the terms of like wildlife since wildlife does yeah. whatever it wants yeah. um when i put something in my shot that is not wildlife like when i choose to put a person or a kayak or like whatever um it's 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 more about like just if I feel like that shot really calls for it or not. Mm, Often like it. it's for scale. So like sometimes I'll be shooting, you know, mountains that are thousands and thousands of feet high, but just due to the way that like my lenses or my compression works, it makes it look like, oh, look, like a nice hill. And then you put a person and they're this big and they're like, oh, no, like that's massive. Right. So I feel like sometimes for scale, I'll use it. Mm. Um other times, though, it's more just to make the shot more relatable. Um, I often do that, like when I feel like a place is too either abstract, especially in drone shots. I'm like very picky about like how I how I show yeah. what I'm trying to show, how I did how I present something, and I find drone shots can be very disconnected from people because mm-hmm. like when would you ever see that? Like, when would you ever experience a scene from, you know, 500 feet in the air? It wouldn't happen and people can't connect to it. And if you can't connect to it, like we talked earlier in the podcast and you can't feel anything from it. So often with drone, with drone shots specifically, I'll try to add some sort of subject in there um, or get Cassidy to paddle out in a kayak or ride down a hill on a dirt bike or like whatever she needs to do just to add some relatability. So somebody, even if they feel super removed, distant, disconnected from the fact that the shot was taken from a little flying helicopter 500 feet in the air, <laughs> they can feel connected to the person in it. And they can be like, oh, this picture makes more sense now because that could be me. I can imagine myself in a kayak. I feel like most of us have been in a kayak. You're like, I can connect with that way more than I can connect with any of this weird perspective thing. So mm. um Anyway, that's a long, long answer, but I feel like it depends highly on the shot. If it calls for it, I'll add it in. Um, But other times it's just like, I'll be out and some animal will start doing what animals do. And then I'm like frantic trying to figure out how to frame this animal in the right place and not bother it. Yeah, (laughs) man. Um, Speaking of one, one topic I wanted to cover, it's only because I know that it makes, just feels like it makes sense. Um, with, you know, you, you are very good about using like technology as a tool to create a really natural experience. Like it's like, you know, non-composite, um, you know, not Photoshopped. Um, what's your take on like using AI as a tool for photography? Like, how do you, how do you view AI coming into the world? Like with your style, how have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. This is an interesting question. Um, I... I so I'll just start by saying I know a lot of 
photographers who are like furious that AI exists. Um, and I get it. I get it much, much less for photographers though than for like, um, like digital artists. I mean, if you've spent 10,000 hours in procreate learning how to, how to draw something or, you know, Adobe illustrator or something like that. And then somebody can type in some prompts and it probably used your image to create something that looks even better. Mm. That feels like it would suck way more, but photography is kind of its own, it's its own thing. I feel like it's, uh, because you're not creating something from nothing anyway, ever. Right. Like your canvas exists somewhere. Mm. If you take a picture of a person or a place or, you know, architecture or cars or whatever it is that you're photographing your canvas exists already either way so like i don't i don't think photographers have anything to worry about Mm. with with ai because like you're using other things to create your art anyway i guess you know what i mean like all of my art all that he uses mountains and rivers and forests and flowers and snow that i didn't create i didn't sync up I didn't dream that out of somewhere. It was just there. And I found a way to make it powerful. Now my art comes from, again, the ocean. So like, can AI recreate the way that I made you feel from that place? Maybe, probably not, you know? Like, can it recreate the snow and the trees and the river and the mountains? Sure, probably. But like, I didn't create that stuff to begin with. So I'm just, I, uh, I guess I'm not really worried about it. AI hasn't ever bothered me. I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think AI artists are in that phase right now where like they're being told that their art isn't art and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or that it's easy to do because everybody can do it. And I just, I constantly, consistently point people to people like Claire Silver, yes. where I'm like, okay, you go make this have fun right. like right. there there is no fucking human in this world who can free create what claire makes that's just yep it's a plain fact. and simple like yeah. it it can't be done yeah. like yeah it, it, it can't be done and so and so where does your argument fall without like oh anybody can make ai like no anybody like 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 anybody can make ai but can anybody make ai that's truly special magical right. wonderful right. powerful inspiring like absolutely the fuck not can anybody take a picture like yeah probably if they have like singers and even then you can probably just hit the button with your head like <laughs> yes anybody can take a picture i mean we all have like phones and cameras right. and yep. whatever else but is the picture good probably not it's probably not going to make you feel anything it's probably not going to going to be inspiring so like it's just the same argument over and over again where people try to try to act like art isn't isn't special because it's accessible right um yeah and yep i i just you know there's a reason that there's only like six full-time photographers for places like national geographic and stuff like that like is it because anybody can take a picture like no there's six of them that are good enough to do that you know right so like can anyone make an ar piece sure are any of them claire silver nope (laughs) like so yeah yeah i don't i don't have any issues chew or like fear about AI. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I use it as a collaborative, like I think of it as like a collaborative tool where it's like, it's mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Like to, to your point of like trying it, I, I also, number one, direct people to clear silver, but number two, like just fucking try it. Like 
that mm-hmm. like even because like, initially you know when something new comes out i'm like okay like this is weird like you know who's creating this and like what's the relationship between machine and person and all these things but i remember i tried to like make something in a prompt and it like came out horrible and i'm like dude this is really hard like this there is yeah. a lot of skill and it's my take that creative writers are gonna have a field day with this they're gonna in my opinion mm. gonna be some of the best ai artists you know of the future because like this is all text-based yeah. it's all prompt it's all being descriptive with your words and like how good can you use your words i think people that are good with words will be great and it might mm-hmm. the way i look at it is it also opens a door for people who are good with their words to create something visual and i think that's really special yeah. to be able to do that because at the end of the day you're just unlocking creative potential for people who didn't think they had it or who had it but maybe wanted to express it in another way you know like right right yes that's the way i look at it is that like because i also look at things like you know this technology that we're on right now this has enabled me to pursue something that i really enjoy and that i'm really good at um where before i never felt like i was a creative because i I couldn't fuck i don't fucking draw i don't know how to take photos like i mean i can take photos but like not like what you guys do. Right. And so I was like, and yet here you are, you know, here you are inspiring people and empowering people and it's the same shit. making people feel special and feel seen and feel yep. heard. And that's creativity. That's an art, you know, it's an art dude. Um, yeah, <laughs> it really is, man. I like your take on that. And I like the way you broke that down. Cause it's yeah. For the people who are resistant to that, just go fucking try it. Like it, like try, yeah, try, to try something it. beautiful with it. Like that you're really proud of. Uh, since we're kind of at a natural, natural endpoint, man, like that's what my next question was going to be. Is there, you know, anything that you're excited about? I would just say the biggest thing that I'm doing right now is uh, a new film. I don't know if you're familiar with Salt and Us, but yes, it's uh, yes, like a, a film that I made last year. So I'm, I really want to make something like that again, um, and that just takes an enormous, Gosh. enormous amount of work yeah. and time because I do everything. I I do filming coloring, editing, sound effects, just everything. So um, I'm trying to create something like that, but I don't want to just like, I don't want to make it like a Salt and Dust part two, you know? I I want it to be, I want it to be same thing, but different, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I I think that's the biggest thing that I'm working on. I don't know when it'll come out. I've spent the last few weeks sifting through like terabytes of footage trying to sort of just like yeah. just see what direction i want to go uh, but i'm i'm very excited about it. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be kind of slow and brooding and mm. not quite as hype or as like energetic maybe as alton does but i really want it to like stick with people you know so uh, yeah i'm dude i'm hyped for that i always thanks am a fan of like the slow burn like i'm not like a <laughs> I'm not like a come at me all at once with this, like, yeah, you know, I love salt and dust. Uh, it just, you know, but like, <laughs> thank you, you think about like, cause I watched it about him. I think when we started talking, like that was like, yeah. um, when I watched that video and, uh, but I think personally for me is that like, I'm always a big fan of like HBO shows because it's meant to like draw you in slowly and like learn about the characters and like, mm. you know, get immersed in the story and, like if you take out the last season of Game of Thrones, if we just act like that never happened, like yeah, it's not it's, canon. Who needs it? Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, but you know that like the way they did that was that like every time someone got killed off, it was like the this emotional turmoil because like you were just so fucking mm. attached 
to every single person in a weird way yeah. you liked them or whether you didn't like them, you were really attached to them. Like, like <laughs> and that's brilliant. So yeah. I say that to say, I love the methodical kind of lasting, slow, like really thoughtful, like show. So I, all that to say, I'm super fucking hyped for like what you have planned. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, appreciate that i am too because i don't know what the fuck it's gonna look like either i'm right. just putting it together <laughs> but i'm excited as well and as someone Thanks. who literally does everything on their podcast from scoping to relationship building to interviewing to editing to you know like i can appreciate a jack of all trades i absolutely super super coming from a really like understanding place like i appreciate what you do um it's really fucking hard to do that to like be multidisciplinary and all these different like types of mm. creativity. Um, but it's phenomenal and it like is, yeah, it's great to be a part of it, man. Thank you, man. I, I feel honestly the same way about this podcast. I've been, I've been like low key, super hyped to come on here. So let's go. <laughs> Happy to hang out, man. Yeah, dude. Well, we'll have to do it again. Um, lastly, before we sign off, Jay, where do you want people to find you? Um, where do you want people to get in contact with you? I would say if you want to see my art, go to my website, jubbish.com. It's like rubbish, but with a J. With a J. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. You're fucking hysterical, man. Um, but um, Sweet. Yeah. yeah, dude, sign off, man. Thank you so much again, Jay. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us on another fantastic episode of the Schiller Curated Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jay. As we close out today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform to ensure you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a rating and review to help others discover the curated podcast as well. To stay updated on upcoming episodes and exclusive content, be sure to follow us on social media at SchillerXYZ. We always love to hear from our listeners, so if you have any questions, suggestions, or you just want to share your favorite moments with us, feel free to tag us on Twitter. Once again, thank you for tuning in and remember, Art is everywhere, and it's up to us to appreciate and explore the beauty it brings to our lives. Until next time, this is Buna, signing off.